0: Ladies and gentlemen, the conservative daily podcast is back. And now your host, Max McGuire. I can't tell you how nice it is to hear producer Josh's voice again. He was out a couple days. Glad he's feeling better. Glad he's back in the producer chair. Everyone in the comment section say, welcome back, Josh. Um, so great to have you back, buddy. You hey, really wh- do. Wh- really whoever's happy filling to have in you back. moved my chair. All right. Now. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't you hate it when your computer chair, like somebody jumps in it and they start doing all the adjustments, they're raising all the, the arm stuff. And I get back in and it's, whoever was sitting here had to be like 12 feet tall. Well, I'm, I'm broadcasting from my house, so I don't have that, but I, my son does get in here sometimes, knocks my mic off, tips my chair over, knocks my lights over. So I understand the feeling. I absolutely do. Um,
1: when your kid it, does you that, wake up,
0: it's cute. It's it's almost like a Goldilocks and the three bears kind of moment. You walk home and you're the bear and you're like, oh, someone's been sitting in my chair. Someone's been sleeping in my bed. Someone's been eating my porridge. It's that kind of feeling, the uneasiness of a small golden lock child just eating your food and sleeping in your bed while you've been away. I absolutely understand that feeling because my little golden lock child does that to me on a regular basis. I got to get a lock on my door. Absolutely. Yeah, but- oh, the people who do it here are, are usually like not. Well, I can't say those things. I'm just gonna stop saying. Well, they're not. They're not adorable say. little children. No, they're not, not adorable, adorable. I was gonna say children. they're usually drunk adults <laughs> who have bad attitudes. But I'm kidding about the bad attitude part. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back, buddy. We're really glad to have have you back, and everyone say welcome back, Josh, in the comment section. So we're switching gears. We talked. We spent the first hour talking about the border crisis, which it is a crisis. Joe Biden won't call it a crisis, but it absolutely is. And again, we're running that fax Blast link in the descriptions on YouTube and Facebook and in the panel on DLive. But I want to switch gears because this is something we weren't able to talk about last week because the schedule just got really crazy um, towards the end of last week. There were a few major court decisions in the United States that are important to talk about because they directly influence our Second Amendment rights. And I'm not talking about the hypothetical slippery slope. I'm talking about what's happening right now in the courts. We had one in the ninth circuit one the sixth circuit and an argument that joe biden and his administration are making in the supreme court i want to start though with the sixth circuit so why don't you put up my screen mr producer this is uh i just want to make sure i remember this page it's page 33 okay this is um a ruling from the sixth circuit here's a little thing scroll up the sixth circuit heard a case challenging it was gun owners of america v. Merrick B. Garland, who is the new attorney general. So this case was a carryover from a lawsuit against the Trump administration, challenging the constitutionality and the legality of the ban on bump stocks. Now, what is a bump stock? We've talked about this on the show, but just to give you a brief brief explanation, a semi-automatic rifle, an AR-15, for example, what makes it semi-automatic is that when you pull the trigger, it only fires one bullet. Now, a fully automatic machine gun, like an M16 or an M4, when you pull down that trigger, it keeps firing bullets, either in a three round burst in the case of the M16 or in a fully automatic setting. So when you pull the trigger, it keeps firing until you unsuppress the trigger. So that's the difference. Semi-automatic, you have to pull the trigger each time you want to fire the weapon. Fully automatic, you pull the trigger once and it keeps firing. Under the Trump administration, which we gave Trump crap for this too, right? We weren't just all in, whatever Trump does is great. This is something he really messed up on. They reclassified bump stocks as machine guns. Now, a bump stock is just a a little piece of plastic that you attach to the gun. I don't have it anymore. I had to destroy mine, which kind of pissed about that now that we've been vindicated. But this is the Sixth Circuit. I don't live in the Midwest, so this wouldn't even cover me. But this does suggest that there's going to be a fast track to the Supreme Court because you can't have bump stocks declared machine guns in one part of the country and not in another part. So this is probably now going to definitely have to go to the Supreme Court. A bump stock works by harnessing the recoil of the gun. It's going to be hard to explain without one. I, I, I wish I still had one. Actually, I don't because then I'd be a felon. Um, it harnesses the recoil, basically, to use the recoil to pull the trigger. So right now, you have with a semi-automatic gun, you pull the trigger once with your finger. And that's it. So the muscles in your trigger finger are what actuates the trigger and fires the gun. With a bump stock, instead of using the the muscles in your trigger finger, you're using the recoil of the gun moving backwards to release the trigger. And then you're pushing forward with your non-dominant hand, moving the gun forward, which then basically actuates the trigger against your finger. Basically, it it harnesses the recoil to let you shoot a semi-automatic rifle really fast. But again, you don't actually need it. It's possible to bump fire a gun without a bump stock. People have been using a method called the belt loop method. You basically put the gun at your side, wrap your finger through your belt loop, and then you you fire it that way. So it it isn't like a hack. It is possible to fire a semi-automatic rifle very, very quickly. The Trump administration, after the shooting in Las Vegas, bowed to the public pressure and decided to ban bump stocks. Saying that bump stocks, by putting this little piece of plastic on a semi-automatic gun, it turned it into a machine gun. Well, that doesn't fly. It's that's it very obviously not the case because if you use the bump stock incorrectly, it doesn't fire very very fast. You just get left with a stuttering single shot firing. Right? It, it's possible to to do it wrongly, and it, for it to not work. So with this case. This case was dealing with a major question that wasn't even actually looking at the mechanics of the gun. It was whether or not the ATF can give you permission to own something because that's what they did. Everyone who bought a bump stock got a little copy of the letter that the ATF had sent the manufacturer saying this is safe, not safe, but this is legal to own and owning and using it in the manner designed does not create a machine gun. That everyone who bought a bump stock received that in the mail. The question. The core question of this entire case was, does the government have the authority to give you permission to own something and then change their mind and take it away? Not through a change of law, but through a change of regulatory process. And going beyond that, can they do that if the regulatory process is completely BS, right? Can they claim that a, a semi-automatic firearm is, is now suddenly an automatic firearm, even though it really isn't? So those were the two main questions. And on the first question, the court ruled that no, they can't. The ATF has given everyone permission to own a firearm. They have studied uh, the bump stock. They've studied it at length through the ATF's technology branch. They wrote lengthy papers on it and decided that no, technically, it's still a semi-automatic firearm, even if you put this little piece of plastic on the back of it. Well, they change their mind. And said, well, no, actually, now we changed our mind. It's, it's a machine gun. And remember that time we said you could all own it legally? Well, oops, our bad. You've actually been owning an unregistered machine gun all this time. Uh, sorry, if you continue owning it, that's 10 to 20 years in prison. So you either surrender it or you destroy it. Your choice. That's what they did. And it was, really, it was terrible what they did. They had no right to do it. But what I love about this court case, and we're going to scroll down to that page 33 that I was just talking about. And, and th- this this whole question I'm talking about is the Chevron issue. But when you look at this, go to page 33. Um, I love that this court case, the Sixth Circuit, didn't just deal with Chevron, didn't just deal with whether or not the government can just change its mind willy-nilly and force us all to hand over things that we paid money for. When I bought my bump stock, it was 100 bucks. That's $100. It's not that much compared to other things I bought for my firearm collection, but still $100. If the government came to you and said, okay, even though we said you could have this, you can't anymore. You have to basically rip up a $100 bill and burn it. We'd all be pissed, right? It's still a lot of money. It still should be considered a takings under the Constitution. But I love that the Sixth Circuit also said this. And I hope that you can read this. I'm going to make it bigger so you hopefully can. They, not only did they rule that the government can't just change its mind willy-nilly, they also ruled that they can't just redefine a semi-automatic gun as, a, bumps, as a, a fully automatic gun. And here is what the court wrote. Finding that function refers to the mechanical process. We conclude that a bump stock cannot be classified as a machine gun under Section 5845B. We recognize that a bump stock increases a semi-automatic firearm's rate of firing, possibly to a rate nearly equal to that of an automatic weapon. With a bump stop attached to a semi-automatic firearm, however, the trigger still must be released, reset, and pulled again before another shot may be fired. A bump stock may change how the pull of the trigger is accomplished, but it does not change the fact that the semi-automatic firearm shoots only one shot for each pull of the trigger. This remains true regardless of whether the shooter's finger is stationary or is moving. And it likewise remains true regardless of whether the physical force depressing the trigger comes from the shooter's shooter trigger's fingers pushing the trigger or the recoil energy of the firearm pushing the trigger against the shooter's trigger finger. Really complicated stuff. With or without a bump stock, a semi-automatic firearm is capable of firing only one, only a single shot for each pull of the trigger and is unable to fire again until the trigger is released and the hammer of the firearm is reset. Thank you. Now, this might seem like it's not that big of a deal, but and we can go ahead and take this down for a minute. What gun owners, what we were all very fearful of was that a court was going, to overturn, was going to overturn the ruling on the basis that they can't just change their mind without actually dealing with the underlying issue of whether you can take a semi-automatic firearm and just willy-nilly declare that it has suddenly become an automatic firearm with the addition of a plastic stock that does not actually change the internal mechanics. That was a terrifying prospect because that's the idea that the ATF could look at any any kind of thing you add to your firearm and say, well, because that helps you shoot it faster, that makes it a machine gun. Well, what if you upgrade the grip of your AR-15 to give you a little bit more of a comfortable grip? And as a result, you can pull the trigger faster because you're more comfortable. Oh, is that suddenly a machine gun? What if you add a, for example, a, a forward grip to help you hold on to the gun aim it better but in doing so also helps you pull the trigger a little faster does that all of a sudden turn your gun that you legally bought into an unlicensed machine gun no of course it doesn't so this inclusion that i just read to you as as silly as it seems it seems like it should go without saying but it's very important that they set it because not only are they going up against chevron not only are they going up against the idea that, that a government agency can just change their mind, and it doesn't matter how many lives or livelihoods they ruined, they have the right to change their mind. It goes into the heart of the question of whether or not they can just take a semi-automatic firearm and change the definition and turn it into, under law, a machine gun. So this Sixth, sixth Circuit ruling, as I said, doesn't apply to the whole country. It, pl- it applies to the Sixth Circuit, which I, which is Midwest. I believe it's Michigan, Ohio. Basically, it goes from Michigan to Ohio and down a couple states. So not everyone falls under this ruling. But if you fall in one of those states, unless the judge has has agreed to stay his ruling, which I don't think he has, um, unless they've agreed to stay it pending an appeal, technically, you'd be allowed to whip out that bump stock if you haven't already destroyed it. The rest of the country, though, we're still banned, which is why this is probably going to go to the Supreme Court, because you cannot have one part of the country living under a different set of rules, and the other part of the country having a different set of rules, right? The whole country should be operating and living under the same regulatory framework. So because the Sixth Circuit did the right thing, and obviously this could be appealed and and bank, they could t- overturn it. That's possible, right? But if that doesn't happen, it goes right to the Supreme Court. That gives us a chance to restore liberty for millions of Americans. But also to prevent the federal government from this overreaching tyranny of being able to take the accessories that we attach to our gun and claim that that somehow changes the fundamental mechanics. So I, I know I'm probably l- losing some of you. This is this is very convoluted. I I understand it's very it's very in depth, but this is an important ruling because without this, Joe Biden could be able to claim, well, oh, you put a. You put, I don't know, you, you put a, a muzzle brake on your gun, and the muzzle brake, for whatever reason, helps you fire it a little bit faster. Therefore, your gun's a machine gun. You either destroy it or you're going to prison, right? The ability just to reclassify a gun as a prohibited weapon at will, gone under this ruling. Hopefully, it stands. Hopefully, it goes to the Supreme Court. Hopefully, the Supreme Court does the right thing. It doesn't just punt on it. I cannot imagine all nine Supreme Court justices voting just to overturn it, Um I, I, I'm pretty sure that if the Supreme Court's going to want to overturn it, they'd have to hear the case. So that, that's good. That, that, that's good news. Now we're going to get to the bad news. The bad news, as always seems to be the case, comes to us from California. Well, the Ninth Circuit specifically it comes to us from Hawaii, which was the case of Young v. Hawaii. Now, before I dive into this, I have to explain wh- how we got here. So we can take it down. We don't have to read into it right now. We take this down while I'm explaining it. The Ninth Circuit over the years has issued a lot of rulings that say you have no right to conceal, carry a handgun. As you know, California has very restrictive laws on who can and cannot carry a handgun. It's left up to the decision of the the county sheriffs. And there are some counties in California where you can get a carry permit. But when you look at the most populated areas along the coast, it's impossible. The Democrat sheriffs or police commissioners will not allow you to get a carry permit unless you provide the California version of a good reason, justifiable need, right? That, that's a New Jersey definition, but California has its own uh, terminology. You have to prove that you deserve the right. And not surprisingly, when you apply, the Democrat laughs at you and says, that's not a good enough reason. Sorry. So that's been happening for a very long time. Lots of people have challenged the constitutionality of that by saying, how can we possibly have the right to bear arms If a government official is allowed to arbitrarily decide whether or not we we have a good enough reason to do so, because at that point, it's not a right, it becomes a privilege. If a government bureaucrat can just decide again, willy nilly, whether you have a good enough reason to exercise that right, it's not a right, it's a privilege. So over the years that there have been a lot of challenges to the constitutionality of concealed carry de facto bans, because they're not true bans. Basically, they're saying, well, we didn't ban concealed carry. We just forced you to go through an application. In order to go through in order to complete the application, you have to meet the arbitrary subjective standard of us thinking you deserve a gun. <laughs> right? It's 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 a complete trap. It's a de facto ban. So there have been challenges over the years of against these bans. And what the Ninth Circuit has time and time again found is that the Second Amendment does not protect your right to conceal carry. That nowhere in the Second Amendment is it written that you have the right to carry a firearm hidden under your clothes or in a bag or somewhere out of view. That's what what the Supreme Court, uh, the Ninth Circuit has has said. But that makes it really hard to square the circle from Heller. Because Heller, when the Heller case, 2008, Heller versus District of Columbia, that was the case that said you have a right to own a gun. Without that case, we'd be really screwed. The Supreme Court in Heller in 2008 ruled that bear arms has a a meaning. Keep arms, obviously, we know what keep arms means. But they actually defined the terminology within the Second Amendment to say bearing arms means to carry them. That's Supreme Court precedent, right? When you look at the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment we now know from Heller protects an individual right to keep and bear arms. The Heller case kept with the keep part, whether or not uh, D.C. residents were allowed to keep a functional handgun in their home dc tried to ban handguns saying you can't have a handgun you have to take it apart render it inoperable or permanently lock it up right you cannot have a, a operable readily available handgun in dc that was overturned because the supreme court said you have the right individual right to keep a firearm disconnected with national guard service but the supreme court also ruled that the term bear arms has a specific meaning at the time of the founding, meaning to carry weapons. So it would stand to reason that if if the Second Amendment protects your individual right to keep arms, then the very next word also stands true that you have an individual right to bear arms, to carry them in some manner. So this Hawaii case was trying to force that discussion because the Supreme Court has rejected concealed carry cases for years, from New Jersey, from uh, New York, Massachusetts, uh, Illinois, all these different places, the Supreme Court has rejected the concealed carry challenges. So these concealed carry de facto bans have been allowed to stay in in effect. So this Young v. Hawaii case was trying to force the Supreme Court to finally issue the opinion, finally issue the opinion. And and the logic is, is thus. If the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that the Second Amendment does not protect a right to carry a concealed firearm, because Heller versus D.C. says we all have an individual right to carry a firearm, that would mean that we have the right to carry a firearm in a non-concealed way, meaning that we have the right to carry a firearm in an open manner, open carry. You can't say that we have the right to carry and then ban every single possible way of carrying. You can't square the circle. It, it, It cannot be done. So this Young v. Hawaii case was attempting to to force that discussion and, if necessary, force an open carry, um, force them to allow you to open carry by injecting this into into the court case. So the Ninth Circuit did not budge. Mm -hmm. The Ninth Circuit did not budge at all. So (laughs) we go ahead and put up my screen. We're going to read this. Not, not the whole thing. We're just going to read the beginning part. Um, where is it? It's right. Let me scroll down. Um, da, 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 and here it is. OK, uh, wait, no. I just lost it. Oh, here we, here we go here. After careful review of the history of early English and American regulation of carrying arms openly in the public square, the unbank Court concluded that Hawaii's restriction on the open carrying of firearms res- reflect longstanding prohibitions, and therefore the conduct they regulate is outside the historical scope of the Second Amendment. The en banc court held that the Second Amendment does not guarantee an unfettered general right to open carry firearms cap- open carry arms in public for individual self-defense. Accordingly, Hawaii's firearms carry scheme is lawful. I'm going to go ahead and take that down. So what they're saying here, and hit the share button, this is important. What they're saying here is that, sure, the Supreme Court has ruled in Heller that you have the right to carry a firearm, but it is constitutional for a state like Hawaii to de facto ban you from carrying it concealed and to completely ban you from carrying it open. So you have the right to carry a firearm, but the state has the right to ban every single possible way of of carrying it. Uh, no, th- th- this doesn't fly. You cannot have a right to carry a firearm if the state is also allowed to ban you from carrying it openly or carrying it concealed. Those are the two options. Either you see it or you don't. There's no middle ground. There's no, there's no door C. It's one or the other. So shockingly, the Supreme Court, was a- so the Ninth Circuit, was able to carve out this ridiculous exception by saying it's a longstanding prohibition. Which, again, is stupid language that, that was added to Heller specifically to get Kennedy on board. Without that language, Kennedy was going to flip. We know that now from subsequent um, reveals. Without the language allowing for longstanding prohibitions, Kennedy was going to flip. So even though the Supreme Court says you have the right to carry, because Hawaii has been violating that right forever, it's allowed to stay on the books. Imagine if that logic was applied to slavery, to Jim Crow laws or as Joe Biden calls them, Jim Eagle. Imagine if, if, if segregated schools. Well, the South has been segregating schools for a while. We're going to let them keep doing it. What about, what about women's suffrage? Well, no, women aren't going to be able to vote. We've been blocking them from voting for a long time, so it's presumptively constitutional. You look at all of these different things. Our history is full of court cases where grave injustices were rectified. And where courts identify that, yeah, this is the way we did things for a long time, but we're not going to do them anymore that way, because not only is it unconstitutional, it's just wrong. Right. You you look at things like the Fugitive Slave Act. That's one of the great stains on our collective history. The idea that even if a slave escapes his, his slave master in the South and gets to the North, he can still be recaptured. Right. One of the great stains in our collective history no, that, that's not presumptively lawful because it was on the books for a long time. It was, it was eventually eradicated. So with this, I don't understand why Democrats, why supposed liberals, are so comfortable with allowing these obviously violative, unconstitutional schemes to stay on the books by calling them long-standing prohibitions and presumptively constitutional. Because they would be, they'd be flipping out if we tried to apply the same logic to any of their preferred classes of people. No, they really don't care about this because they hate firearms. So their ends justify the means politicians. They don't care what it takes. They'll do whatever it takes to ban firearms, even if it means doing it through some illogical method. Now, if you have the right to carry a firearm, then you have the right to either carry openly or concealed. They can't ban both. And most states don't. Most states allow you to either carry openly or concealed. If they have an open carry law, you cannot carry openly without a permit. But concealed, you need a permit. Different states have different rules. But in California, a place like California, a place like uh, Hawaii, nope, blanket ban. No open, no concealed. Second Amendment doesn't apply here. So the reason I'm looking forward to this is because it has created an argument that to me is, is just too significant for the Supreme Court to ignore. Sure, the Supreme Court can say we're not going to get involved in New Jersey's concealed carry law. We're not going to get involved in Massachusetts or Maryland. But here you have the Ninth Circuit Court declaring that even though the the Second Amendment says you have the right to carry firearms, a state can ban every possible method of carrying it. I am cautiously optimistic that the five conservatives on the bench, not including The chief justice because he's not really conservative but the other five because remember even if if the chief justice was conservative it'd be a 6-3 majority right it's a significant he they can have five votes without him what i'm trying to say i'm cautiously optimistic they will take this case because you look at justice thomas he has been chomping at the bit for a second amendment case you read his dissents when they turn down these cases, he is putting everyone on that on that bench on notice that they have relegated the Second Amendment to a second class right. He's been doing that for years. I'm cautiously optimistic that they will do this. But I was also cautiously optimistic that they would, would have heard one of the, uh, election challenges and they didn't. So I am perfectly aware that the Supreme Court could jump in and just break all of our hearts and declare that there's actually no right to carry whatsoever. But. I am still cautiously optimistic because you only need four justices on the bench to hear a case. It can't get worse. I mean, it could get worse. Technically, the Supreme Court could say you have no right to carry. That's that's possible. That would be devastating for a lot of people. But if four justices want to hear it, they don't need the fifth to hear it. Obviously, you need the fifth to win the case, but you only need four justices agreeing that it's worthwhile to hear it in order to get that case added to the schedule. So again, cautiously optimistic that this is going to happen, that the Supreme Court will consider this. Understanding that I'm probably going to have my heart broken again, but nevertheless, cautiously optimistic. This is one, though, that (laughs) this is one that I am completely stunned at, and I'm not stunned this next one. So we talked about the Sixth Circuit with the bump stocks. We talked about the Ninth Circuit with open carry versus concealed. This next case that I want to talk to you about is, I'd say I'm stunned, but I'm really not because it's par for the course with Democrats. Go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Biden administration urges Supreme Court to let cops enter homes and seize guns without a warrant. I'll read that again. Biden administration urges Supreme Court to let cops enter homes and seize guns without a warrant. So the Supreme Court on Wednesday will hear or, oral argument in Caniglia v. Strom, a case that could have sweeping consequences for policing due process and mental health with the Biden administration and attorneys general from nine states urging the high court to uphold warrantless gun confiscation. But what would ultimately become a major Fourth Amendment case began with an elderly couple spat over a coffee mug. So we're not going to read the entire, argument, the entire case. Basically, it's dealing with one of those kind of red flag deals um the the police being able to come in and confiscate your guns without real due process without first charging you with a crime this is something we me and Joe got in a very heated discussion about last week when is the government allowed to take your guns away i firmly believe as i said then as i'll say now as i'll always say if the government wants to take away your guns the government should be required to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you are unfit to own a gun or to have to basically secure an indictment and have a judge recognize that you are too dangerous to stay out among society, so then denying you bail, denying you bond, in which case your Second Amendment rights would be suspended as well. There's two ways. Putting you behind bars, can't buy a gun if you're behind bars, or just suspending your rights. That's what we, we talk about when we talk about red flag laws. The government doesn't have enough evidence to actually charge you with a crime, doesn't have enough evidence to convict you of a crime, but somehow is able to use an even lesser standard. To take away your gun rights. All in the name of, of safety, public safety. So the Biden administration is urging the Supreme Court to let it let that slide. The cops should be allowed to continue to seize Americans' guns without a warrant. And why is this significant? We can go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. Why is this significant? This is what Republicans have said is the compromise. We obviously know that Joe Biden. That Joe Biden wants to have massive gun control. Republicans, I'm hopeful that Republicans will hold the line, that we won't have a Republican vote for things like assault weapons bans or, or re- universal registration under the guise of, of universal background checks. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, though I know some Republicans will, um, will make that flip. I get that. Where you get into real trouble is in the Republicans trying to create a compromise, find a middle ground, meet them halfway. I say this on the show a lot. I hate the term meet halfway because as I discussed last week, if you meet someone halfway on the same issue four times in a row, they get 93% of what they want. 0.5 times 0.5 times 0.5 times 0.5. Yeah, you're getting six in a a fraction. So the other side gets 93% of of what they want just by you meeting them halfway four times in a row. We've been doing that for years. We've been meeting the left halfway on gun control. Oh well, give us give us uh, background checks for licensed dealers, and we'll let you keep on on un, unregulated un, uh, private sales. Well, we did that. Oh, now they're coming for the private sales. You know what I mean? They they keep going. There's it's never enough for the left. They demand more and more and more. When the other side's goal is to disarm you and to destroy your Second Amendment rights and to make it impossible for you to defend yourself, your family, your your society, or your country. You can't meet them halfway, because you're giving them half of what they want. They're more than happy to make this a generational fight. They're more than happy to take half of what they want now, and then wait a little bit, then take half of what they want, half of what they want, and keep doing that until they get everything. We've been doing that for decades. We've been doing it on immigration. We've been doing it on gun control. Go down the list, every major issue. The Republicans are offered to compromise, and they offer to compromise again, and they offered to compromise again. And by the time we look back, we're shocked that we've just gave away the store. So the reason that I am terrified of this is because Lindsey Graham is out there today offering red flag laws as a compromise. That if we don't give Joe Biden his gun ban, if we don't give Joe Biden his universal background checks, we'll give Joe Biden his red flag law. Nationwide program allowing police to take away your guns. Without even needing to articulate enough evidence of a crime to even get you charged, right? That's what we're talking about here. That's what we're talking about here. You start looking at the lowest, the lowest standards of evidence, right? What a cop needs to pull you over. Oh, well, a cop pulled you over because maybe he thought you were speeding. Maybe your car matched the description of a bank robber's car. Right? Maybe, maybe he smelled a little bit of marijuana coming out of your windows and wanted to investigate. That, that's like the, the bare minimum for a police stop, right? The reasonable suspicion. Reasonable suspicion. You're talking about reasonable, reasonable suspicion, then probable cause is next. Reasonable suspicion. Reasonable suspicion would be good enough to take away your gun rights. So the same standard of evidence necessary to pull you over for a brief stop. Would be enough to take away your gun rights for months, if not years. No, you can't live like that because the next it'll be your First Amendment rights. Now, we suspect that you might be radical. We don't have enough evidence to prove it, but we're going to suspend your right to congregate in public because you're too big of a risk. We've already seen them doing that. Look at the January 6th nonsense. They're going after people just for standing there. People are being arrested just for filming what was happening. There's a priest who walked up the steps into the Capitol building, a Catholic priest. I think it was from Kansas. Catholic priest walked up the steps and did an exorcism on the Capitol building. Now they're talking about defrocking him, kicking him out of the Catholic church. People are, being, are losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods, being arrested, facing potential death penalty offenses if they end up being charged with sedition. All for just standing there. A lot of these people didn't even go in the building. And you look at what the government's doing. The government's saying, well, we, uh, we looked at your cell phone records. And the cell phone company says that you were pinged in the area. You ever see one of those maps? You ever use Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever? And, and you're trying to figure out where you are. You notice that it has a little dot, but then it has that big blue circle around you. That's your phone saying, well, yeah, this is where we think you are. But based on the telemetry with the cell tower, you could be anywhere within the circle. A lot of times the circle is like four square blocks. The government is using that same data to say that people were in the building. There's there's no way of knowing that. It's not that accurate. Uh, You you ever like pull out your phone and, and you're standing still and all of a sudden your little dot starts moving around a little bit? That happens too. So there are cases being made in court right now that Americans should be held in prison or in jail without bond because the little dot on the map showed them inside the Capitol building. That's the only evidence the government has in some of these cases. So you you look at this, if they're willing to lock people up to suspend their First Amendment rights on such flimsy evidence that would never convict them beyond a reasonable doubt, that's the same kind of stuff that they're looking to do with the Second Amendment. That, oh, someone says that they, they, they think you're dangerous, therefore, you no longer have the right to keep and bear arms. That's what we're talking about. So when Biden says that, yeah, police should be able to go into your home, go into your home um, and take your guns away without any warrant, they're talking about the flimsiest of evidence. You get in a fight with a neighbor, not, not a fight like, like Rand Paul did. You get in an argument with a neighbor. Right? Maybe maybe you put the fence too close to his property line. Or maybe you built a shed and he doesn't like to look at it. These are kind of the disputes happen all the time. That neighbor turns you into police and says, hey, this guy's dangerous. I think you should take a look at him. That would be enough to take away your guns. Let's say you get divorced. You get divorced and your and your ex-spouse, ex-wife, ex-husband really wants to stick it to you. Knows that you like guns, know that you own a big gun collection, wants to stick it to you. So they tell the police, oh, this guy's dangerous. He threatened me without evidence. The police can, then can use that for a red flag confiscation. This stuff happens all the time. This stuff has happened before red flag laws. You look at divorce courts, people have said some really ugly things in divorce court, lies, blatant lies, just to, put, just to cause pain to their, to their uh, spouse. Absolutely happens. Co-workers. Ima- imagine you work somewhere and you get in a spat with a co-worker. They get fired. They want to get back at you. So they say you're dangerous. And that's enough. That's enough under some of these red flag laws. It's, it's just crazy. We can't have it. But Biden's in court now arguing that, oh, no, we should have it. Police should be able to enter your home without a warrant. Take away your Second Amendment rights. Take away your guns without a warrant. And then you just have to jump through hoops and hope that they give it back to you. No. I'm, I don't want to live in, that, in, in a country that does that. And that's what I was trying to say last week when I was getting into that heated discussion with Joe. We cannot live in a country where your Second Amendments are teetering. On uh, So fragilely teetering like that, where anytime someone comes in and says, hey, I think that guy's dangerous, you just lose your rights. You have to spend months trying to get it back, tens of thousands of dollars trying to get it back. No, that's not a country to live in. And I understand that we, we had a, a terrorist attack in Boulder. I get that. I completely get that. But unfortunately, that is one of the costs. That's one of the expenses of living in a free society. Sometimes people abuse that freedom to violate the freedoms of others. That doesn't mean we should all surrender our very own liberties. It doesn't work like that. Yes, there will be mass shootings. It'll be terrible. Absolutely terrible. But the solution is to empower Americans to defend themselves, defend their communities. Not to say, well, because this criminal shot a bunch of people, you shouldn't be allowed to defend yourself. Or say, like, oh, well, even though, yeah, we're supposed to have to charge you with a crime, but we don't have enough evidence to charge you with a crime. So therefore, we're just going to take away your guns without having to provide that evidence. That's what we're talking about here. So when Joe Biden is in front of the Supreme Court urging that, he is urging that the Supreme Court to allow the government to suspend your rights without cause, without evidence. Forget about beyond a reasonable doubt in front of a jury of your peers. We're talking about one disgruntled neighbor or coworker or ex-spouse telling a police officer that you're dangerous, that police officer convincing a judge and your rights are gone. So no, I have no desire to live in a country like that. And I'm, I'm sorry if that means that sometimes horrible things happen and people abuse their liberties to violate the rights of others. That is never, and it will never be an excuse to open the door for the government to violate all of our rights. I'll never do it. I'll, ne- I'll, I'll never voice that. I'll never allow it. If you think someone's dangerous, you arrest them. You don't, you don't suspend their rights. Arrest them. Charge them. indict them. Prosecute them. And if you're right, then the rights are gone, providing that you charge them with a felony or a violent misdemeanor like domestic violence. Yeah. But don't, don't skip through all the hard work. It, it, that's, what, that's what the left's basically saying. Oh, it's too much work to have to convict someone beyond a reasonable doubt in front of a jury of their peers. Let us just skip all that hard work and let's just, let's just presume we're right. Presume we're right. Let's just take away the guns now. No, I'm, I'm out. I have no desire to get involved in any of that. And yeah, I will stand up vehemently against that every step of the way. No. (laughs) What, we're just going to abandon the very concept of innocent until proven guilty? No, you can't do it. But that's what Joe Biden wants to do. He wants to give the police the power to take away your guns without even needing to secure a warrant first. Welcome to Biden's America. Oh, but at least, hey, at least the mean guy's off Twitter, right? Forget about the invasion at the border. Forget about the police taking your guns away without even getting a warrant. Mean Trump off Twitter. No more mean tweets. No more mean tweets. So share this. If you have a a friend who, who supports the Second Amendment and didn't like Trump or voted for Biden, share this. Hit the share button on Facebook. Give us a thumbs up, comment. On YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Comment, comment, comment. Hit the share button as well. On DLive, Comment and follow if you haven't already. Lots of people watch on D Live. D Live's great. We give away lemons as fast as they come in. So if you want to donate lemons, feel free to do so. We'll be happy to give them back to you. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you support our sponsor. That's My Pillow. Go ahead, put up the the image, Mister Producer. My Pillow. Our our promo code still active. CD twenty one up to sixty six percent off at My Pillow. Lots of people are saying they've already gotten the pillows. That's true. Well, have you gotten their dog beds? Do you have dogs? Have you tried the, the Giza Dream Sheets? They're, they're amazing. That promo code CD21 will get you up to 66% off. Some items will be less, some will be more, but up to 66% off. So yeah, you already got the pillows. I love my pillow. I sleep every night with my pillow. My wife tries to steal it, I steal it back. My son tries to steal it, I say, nope, not your pillow, it's my pillow. Try the other stuff, right? Try the dog beds, try the bathrobes. the slippers. I think they have slippers. I think I saw slippers there. The oh, Geese they have and Dream slippers sheets. and bathrobes. They're great. Yeah, Del- yeah, amazing. The towels—you won't realize how crappy your towel is until you try one of these towels. Right? The towels are one of those things where you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just gonna buy whatever's whatever's cheapest on the shelf. No, 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 no. Life's too short to have crappy towels. So use CD21 promo code get up to sixty-six percent off. Help support Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Help support our channel. We get a we get a cut of it so full disclosure use that we get a little bit of money help support the show again that' cd21 is the promo code and we're gonna have more things like that for you uh, more uh kind of promo code deals in the future so make sure you look out for that well that's gonna be it for this edition of the podcast if you like the podcast make sure you check out that link for the facts blast today our border is being invaded if you don't live in Texas, you're not feeling it yet, but you will if Biden gets his way. So check out that fax Blast link in the description on Facebook, YouTube, and in one of the panels on DLive. Also, make sure you subscribe to the audio version of the podcast that's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. All great places. If you have an iPhone, MacBook, iPad, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please help us rise back up in the rankings. All different links for you to check out, places to watch, listen to the show. Make sure you do that. Again, my name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.